You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. I often think, actually, that was my drama training, really. All the stuff right. that you learn about, you know, the different periods of history and all the te- that's one thing. But actually being prepared and being ready mm-hmm. and being right. just available to... That came from me just being curious, really. I just wanted to watch two great actors work. and So, but I was, it, it, it was a good lesson to go, ah, just always be aware, always be prepared. Welcome to the Black Business of Broadway, a podcast brought to you by the Broadway League and Black to Broadway. Here, we highlight the stories, how-tos, and successes of the Black professionals and legends of Broadway. I'm your host, Janine Scott. Our guest today is Olivier Award-winning actor, musician, and writer, Giles Torreira, who originated the role of Aaron Burr in the London production of Hamilton. Giles trained at Mount View Theatre School, now Mount View Academy of Theatre School. He has consistently worked at venues such as National Theatre, the Royal Shakespeare Theatre Company, and Shakespeare's Globe. Some of his credits include The Tempest, Avenue Q, Book of Mormon, just to name a few. Uh, Giles Torreira has been appointed an MBE, which is a member of the Order of the British Empire, in 2020 for his work and services to theater. His latest book, Hamilton and Me, An Actor's Journal, is available now. Thank you, Giles, for joining me today. Janine, thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Absolutely. I think you are my first official British guest. Wow. (laughs) I'm honored. I'm honored. Hopefully not the last. (laughs) Hopefully not. Hopefully not. I feel like if I'm the first, I need to uh, behave myself, which I'm not good at doing. (laughs) oh no don't do that nobody does that i don't know what your expectations of the british are but um no no uh, no no no. i'm glad to be here yeah so am i correct in saying that your first play was the wizard of oz in your school yes how did you know that because we do research okay okay yeah that was (laughs) that was my first i mean it's lots of people's first play i guess but it was my first play (laughs) at school when i was about I would have been, it was our, what we call primary school, which is from eight to 11. So I probably would have been about nine or 10 when I Okay. And who did you play? I was the scarecrow. <laughs> yeah, I was the scarecrow. And I remember it, it was really fun. It was, um, I loved doing it. My mom helped me make a costume with a little straw hat. And uh, considering it was when I was, I must have been about nine, I guess. And it was, I loved doing it. I had such a good time. Awesome. So is that when is that what sparked your 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 love of theater yeah. or did that happen before? Well, it must it must have happened before, but I don't right. know I don't know if I like said oh my cuz it was basically just my mom and I don't know whether I said, you know, they're doing a play and I wanted to. I don't know how I ended up doing the show and mm-hmm. I don't know how I ended up getting the part of the skeg although i think now i'm saying that maybe i went with a friend or something and i'm something's coming back to i don't know but i'm not quite sure how i ended up being in the play as the scarecrow but i did and uh that was the first thing i did and i it just felt really natural playing in front of an audience 
Uh-huh. I remember the feeling of being in front of an audience. I remember f- the feeling of like people laughing and responding. Yeah. And that felt really cool and natural to me. So um, I guess that was the beginning of, of. But I never really had a moment where I was like, I want to be an actor. Really? I never, no, I never really had that. It just was something I I just always was doing, and it just felt very natural. And so I I, I never really had any of those moments where people go, Oh, I saw this person, and I knew mm-hmm. that's what I wanted to do. I never really had that. I wish I did, but um, there was well, no. When I, much later, when I got to uh, before I came to drama school, which is when I was about eighteen, I remember seeing on television uh, 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 like it was an award show. And at the, I caught the end of the award show, and there was a production of Guys and Dolls, which was on at the National Theatre at the time, which was a really famous production. Uh-huh. And the guy playing Nicey Nicey Johnson, they was, that's what they were performing on this, the end of this award show, was Sit Down, You're Rocking the Boat. And I remember watching that and going, wow, that's... Because it was this big black guy, mm-hmm. and he looked amazing, and his voice was incredible. Yeah. There was all this choreography going on. Um, and I'd never heard anything like it. I'd never seen anything like it. So that was my only moment where I was like, wow. And then that was just where I left. I went to come to London to go to drama school because I lived just outside London. Uh-huh. I grew up just outside London and came to London, did three years of drama school, left and went to the National Theatre. And the f- first person who came across the room to me and my first day of rehearsals was that same actor, Clive Rowe. Shut so, up. Yeah. So it was, uh, and I always tease him and remind him about that because that, that was the, you know, that was, he was my version of like, that's my hero. Um, so I've got that one moment. But lots of people went to the theatre to see, you know, Judy Dench or they uh-huh, went to see this right. person or that person and that's what made them want to do it. But I never really had that. I just, I was always kind of just performing. Right. Wow. So you fell into this career then. <laughs> yeah, like like the proverbial scarecrow, I just stumbled in. Um, I'm glad I, you um, got that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I did. I, I, just, I just was always doing it. Um, I didn't know that it was something you could do as a profession. I think uh-huh. that's the big difference. I was right. always playing around the school I was always doing funny voice but throughout school and my upbringing I was just that's what mm-hmm. I did I made my friends and my family laugh and right. did silly voices and so I was always making people laugh like lots of actors do you know um, but I didn't know you could do a career out of it until much much later when I went to go to drama school and tried to be you know do be, pretend I'm Michael Jackson in the in the in the front room <laughs> living room doing and that's what I was doing um so, uh, in a way, it was good because by the time I came to London to go to drama school and realised it was something you could do as a career, I was like, oh, that's what I've always been doing. So, mm-hmm. it's very, nat- it was very natural for me. It wasn't, it wasn't like it came to me later on or mm-hmm. I was very shy as a kid. I mean, I was shy as a kid, but I'd always been doing it. So, it, I, was right. like, I just caught with myself in a way and was like, oh, right. So, that thing I've always been doing that's what I'll do for my life. So yeah. I'll try, try and do. All right. Well maybe, yeah. well, maybe my daughter might have a career in acting. <laughs> How old is she? What, where is she at in her journey? Does she, does she, does she's she's to... 14. She's 14. Okay. And, and, uh, and she uh, is a, uh, she constantly reinvents who she is every day. Okay. Okay. <laughs> 
Well, that involves imagination. It does. It does. Possibilities of imagination. So that can only be good in the young person. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So you trained at Mountain View Theater School, Mm. uh, which is now Mountain View Academy of Theater of the Arts. Can you talk a little bit about how that prepared you for this career that you're currently having? Okay. Well, before that, I did a a two-year course in in what's called a B-Tech, which I'm not sure that's maybe the British something of something. Mm -hmm. But um, (laughs) it was a B-Tech, and so that was directly after I left school. So that was from 16 to 18. It was a two-year course. And it was exactly the same um, structurally as when I came to drama school. Obviously, I didn't know that at the time I was doing the B-Tech. But we had a couple of really good teachers and you did a lot of um, practical stuff. Uh, it was really good. We did bits of dance. Um, we we had a kind of wide range of of, of, of plays and, and dramas that we looked at. And then we it was we sang as well because I think initially it was like a music college. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was, it was quite a good singing um, department, and there was also pianos and and, and there was lots of um, facilities. And that course was exactly the same when I came to London as drama school so for me it was just a continuation of what we've been doing uh-huh. so it was very kind of centered on discipline because because the two big personalities in the on the course was Mary the, the choreographer the dance the dance teacher so obviously you know that with dance comes discipline discipline, discipline exactly discipline. yes and, and then Kirk who was the sort of acting teacher and he was real, he was like, it was like being at school in a way. He was just, it was all about discipline and technique. Mm-hmm. And I think because it was a kind of working class area, the majority of the of the young people who came there, we were all working class. So it was that kind of mentality of like, right, you need to work hard, no matter what it is. You know, right, if you come yeah. from a working class background, it's like, you need to work hard and, and that graft kind of pays off. So he kind of took right. that into it into into drama into the drama training so it was really it was a great and i'm very like to a certain extent i'm disciplined but i'm very like free and just you know i like to have fun i like to do mm-hmm. things and like to kind of try different things whereas they kind of instill the real sense of okay this is what you've got to focus on let's work really hard let's be focused and apply yourself to that whether it's a choreography or whether it's this um a character or the situation or um, whatever it happens to be that they that gave they gave me that sense of discipline so then when i came to london to go to drama school it was exactly the same so for me it was it it, that that was probably what i took from drama school most is a sense of um my sense of discipline which i'm now and when it comes to my work i'm 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 actually really disciplined um (laughs) But then also I'm really interested in, like, I, I love theatre and I love um, human beings and I love yeah. drama and, and why I'm fascinated by why we do what we do and why people behave, you know, you're on the train or you're in the tube and you see two people having an art, you know, a couple of it's right. like, what are they arguing about? What are they doing? What's going on there? What's happening? I'm fascinated by people. So it's easy to be kind of focused and, and, and disciplined when you're, when it's something you really love. So my, and at the same time, I was the only, when I started, I was the only black student in my year. It was, in a way, it was, I had really good teachers, 
who took care of me because of that and sort of ah. said, okay, well, well, you're going to, we're going to find stuff for you to do during, mm-hmm. this, during this three years that's specific to you culturally. Right. So um, I was always, um, and I had a brilliant teacher, a voice teacher, who's my mentor still 25 years later. And she, she, she was black. She'd been an actress and had just started teaching. Claudette Williams, her name is. And uh, she said, okay, baby, listen, you're the only one here. We need, we need to work, do some work. And, you know, when you get to the National Theatre and when you get to the Royal Shakespeare Company, you're going to have to have a voice and it's got to be your own voice. So she would teach me, um, I would say, afterwards and she would, she would work on scenes with me. So she taught me about all of the Americans, actually. I wish there was more mm. British, but she taught me about James Baldwin and Langston Hughes and Tony Morrison and Alice Walker and Maya Angelou and all these all these people and we would go over stuff and she would she would play me their films and um, videos of them and um, we worked a lot on August Wilson and Ooh. she would make me go over that stuff over and over and over and over again and uh, which is great because then I you know however many years later I was in an August Wilson play at the National Theatre we did Ma Rainey's yeah Ma Rainey's back panel very well prepared for that um but like all good teachers they kind of they, they help you to be not afraid of mm-hmm. not afraid of learning not afraid of being a cur- of being curious right. not afraid of of being able to hear in august wilson my own family my own you know when i read august wilson i was like this is my uncles this this they, these people sound this is my uncles the way they behave the way they communicate with each other these are my aunts and uncles and this is my family and, mm-hmm. and, and not be afraid of that and to, to embrace that and be able to go, yeah, I recognize myself in this artist's right. work and this world that he's created. So she, it, you know, like all good teachers, they're kind of, um, they uh, embolden you. And because um, um, I guess if you can commute, if you can connect and, you know, when you're 18 years old and you've, you've got your training, or if you go to New York in your training or whatever, wherever you are, you, of course you don't know who you are when you're 18 years old. But if you can connect to something of who you are, right, right. then you've always got that grounding to, to, to carry with you. Yes. So then if I go and do a Shakespeare play, I can hear myself in that play. Okay. If I go, if I go and do, um, oh, I don't know. Uh, what else about it? Like an Ibsen play. I <laughs> you can hear myself in that because all good artists, I guess, are interested in the, the, the common, mm-hmm. universal things that connect us all, I guess. So yeah. if you're an artist, you're writing whether you're August Wilson or whether you're Ibsen. It's like they're only really interested in, in the kind of the fundamentals of human beings. So therefore, yeah. you don't necessarily have to be african-american to be able to connect with an august wilson play exactly you can be japanese and you can hear you can hear your own family in that mm-hmm. um uh so yeah claudette gave me that i had a lot of good teachers at drama school um it, so it, it prepared me but but it's difficult because when you're at drama school you're tr- you are working on stuff all the time so you're right. working on all the, lots of different things. So you're doing dance in the morning, and then after that you're going to do singing, and then after that you're going to go to do plays, and then after that you're going to do some movement stuff. Then you're going to go and work on voice. So you're working all the time, 
Whereas mm-hmm. then when you leave and when I went to drum, when I w- went into the profession, you were just doing one thing, which in one way was cool. But uh, I, I found that there was lots of bits of myself that I were engaged okay. um, when, I, when I was training. And I was like, oh, I, I miss being doing lots of different things at the same time. Um, because then you can, you know, and especially if you're, if you're doing a play, which is like three months in mm-hmm. a run or at the National Theatre for a year or whatever, you're in that one thing for that space of time. So you have to, you know, over the, over the number of years, you build up a kind of, um, a kind of bag of different time periods and different people right. and different lives and different, um, and I, as I say, I'm curious. So I like to be in different worlds, um, but at the same time, you know, I, I, I remember when I left drama school and went to work, it was at the National Theatre. And um, uh, because this is actually, this is a really good, the question's great because this is a really good example of what how drama school prepared me. Because we were at drama school and you were taught if you were, um, if you were in that lesson that was like, for instance, we were doing... Um, working on speeches mm-hmm. uh, so you'd all be there in the class 12 of you whatever it was and each person would get up and do their speech and they would be critiqued and you'd work on it some more but you what you observed and watched everything you were there for everything so I was very used to being as you know students you're there all the time and you're watching and you're observing but, so when I left when I left drama school and went to the National Theatre we were doing this production of uh, the first production I was in was um, Troilus and Cressida Shakespeare. Okay. About his, his, his story about the Trojan War. It's not done very often, but fantastic play. In fact, Sophie Okanedo was, was uh, Cressida, one of our best actresses. Wow. Um, nominated, and there were some brilliant actors in it. So I was just, I was just eating it up because I was mm-hmm. like, these are amazing directors, these are amazing actors. I'm at the National Theatre, I'm seeing people do amazing work. So I was there all the time, even if I right. wasn't called. So I was only a spear carrier. And uh, I was in one scene. Yeah, there was lots of fighting because it was about Trojan War, but uh-huh. I was only in one scene. But I was there all the time. And um, I didn't know, I just assumed you had to be there all the time. Right, yeah. That's what we were doing at drama school. And they were doing this scene between Cressida and the other main character, um, Pandarus, her uncle. And, I, and then that was it, the two of them, in, there's a million people in this play, but only the two of them were in that scene, big long scene, in this massive room at the National Theatre, and so the, Trevor Nunn, the director, was there, and all the stage management, and then these two actors, and then me in the corner, and the, the, the assistant director at some point said, look, Trevor, who is going to play this part? We're two weeks into, re- into rehearsals, and you haven't cast this part yet. There was a part at the beginning of the scene where a servant comes on and says, and Cressida says, oh, what's going on in the Trojan War? And they have a little one-page scene where he says, oh, this is happening and that's happening, and then he goes. And then mm-hmm. the main starts. So she's like, the assistant director's like, who's going who's gonna to play this part? You haven't cast it yet. And uh, Trevor was like, oh, God, God. And he just wanted to get on with it. So he kind of just looked around and was like, uh, looked at me in the corner and was like, Giles, could you just read this just for a second while we're doing this thing? So... Uh-huh. I was like, yeah, fine. And he gave me a little bit of, of what the theme was, basically what I just told you, that they're having this little gossip first thing in the morning about what's going on in the war that day. 
So I said, okay, fine. And then I, so I did it, and then they did the rest of the scene, and that was it. So then I was like, okay, this part hasn't been cast yet. So, you know, long story short, I, I, I kind of made sure that I knew when they were going to be rehearsing that scene again, and then was prepared and made sure I'd learned it, and then the same thing happened. They still hadn't cast it. <laughs> the director was like, who's going to play this part? We still haven't it. Come on, who's going to do it? So then Trevor turned to me again and said, can you just please, just, just for this, you know, just for now, can you do it? But I'd learned it. So by then I'd learned it. So I did the scene and I remembered what he told me about the scene and um, I did it. And then a couple of days later, he came and said, you know, would you relinquish the part of Spear Carrier for yeah. us, please? And <laughs> sort of, he put it in such a brilliant way, like I was saving the production, like right, I was right. saving the National Theatre. He's so brilliant. Please, <laughs> would you consider performing? I know you're playing the Spear Carrier, but would you? And I said, yes, of course. Absolutely. <laughs> so then that that was it. I had a nice part at the at the beginning, and it was a funny part, and and. Uh, so, and I often think actually that was my drama training, really. Right. All the stuff that you learn about, you know, the different periods of history and all the te- that's one thing, but actually being prepared and being mm-hmm. ready and right. being just available to that to came from me just being curious, really. I just wanted to watch two great actors work. And so, but I was, it, it, it was a good lesson to go, ah, just always be aware, always be prepared. Um, always be available and be open. So that was that was that was one way in which drama that's a that's a major lesson though. To always be prepared, to always be ready and and to and and to yes, that that shows a lot about your work ethic. You know without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So that's fast forward on your 40th birthday. <laughs> you yeah. get the call, and you're Aaron Burr, sir. Yeah, I mean, but, but you say that, and that's exact. It's exactly the same lesson. It is exactly the same lesson that I I kind of followed because I had done a couple of musicals, and the thing with musicals in the West End is that you're it's different from you guys in the states because here we're contracted for a year. If you're in the West End, if you're in Les Mis or any of these big shows, The Lion King, it's contracted for twelve months. Okay. So, and then at the end of that, you might renegotiate for another twelve months. So they're big chunks of time. Mm-hmm. And I done so. I did three of them, I think, and then that's three years went by. I did them back to back, and um, and the, and I I always try and do thing parts that I'm um, that really I'm excited by and really mm-hmm. ch- challenge me. I don't I never wanted to do just anything because it's there, right? But at the same time, uh, as I'm sure you know, like in musical theatre. It's the same in film and it's the same in theatre, I guess, but certainly in musicals, there's a certain kind of role that we as black people get to play. Yes. And, <laughs> you know, it's same. like, if you do, if you, exactly, if you do them, if you do, and we can do them, we can come on and we'll give you this, we'll bring the house down with this number 
-hmm. and every you know the will be the character the audience loves you and it gets the laughs and it's funny and then someone else is the lead at the front doing exactly. the show. So so I was like, okay, I, I've done that a couple of times enough to know that there's not really that's it. That's gonna be it for me mm -hmm, in terms mm -hmm. of the characters might be different, but actually the experience and what my what my talent is being um, is providing in this production is gonna kind of be the same model. So I was okay, well, I don't need to do that for a while. And I thought, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm just if I do another show, great. And if I don't great but if i do another one it's going to be something which really which i really feel is special and mm -hmm. that I, i'd really be able to kind of get my teeth into it's not just going to be like the, yeah. the funny comedy best friend yes. um it's going to be having a character with real depth to it mm -hmm. um and then so yeah that that was definitely and that was six years i waited there was six years went by and then Hamilton came up, so it was definitely a, a, a case of that lesson learned of going, it's going. Just be open in the meantime. I'll, I'll, the last show I did was the Book of Mormon. Mm -hmm. uh, no, it was Avenue Q. Was okay. The so I, I was like, okay, just 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 be open, be ready. There may be a, 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 another show which comes along and which is um, has has a part which is really exciting and and something that I really want to get my teeth stuck into and, and just be maybe open and prepared for that. And if it comes, great. And if it doesn't, I don't know. But Or maybe the timing might be right, might not be right or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I was like, just, just just be prepared. And so when Hamilton came along, I was very, very aware that that was that kind of role and that kind of project. Right. Um, yeah, so it was... Um, I didn't know a lot about Hamilton before. I was just going to ask you, how much did you know? Because that's, you know, it's American history. Yeah, I, I didn't know. I mean, it's know. somewhat, I, you know, quasi. Yeah, but Tommy, but Tommy Gale always says, you know, one of the first things he said to me was like, listen, he said, we, we don't know a lot about these figures either. We know these are the guys on the, on the dollar bills and stuff, but <laughs> there's only so much we kind of know about them. Uh -huh. um, so it was. He said it was. A, it was a journey of exploration for them as well to kind of really kind of dig under the surface and find out who these people were. And I think Lynn really draws his versions of those people, those men and women. He draws his version of them. So I always think it's like my version of Lynn's version mm -hmm. of Aaron Irvine playing. Um, but I didn't know a lot about that period. I was actually. When I auditioned for it, I think it was like the middle of 2016. Mm. So the show was on Broadway. It was Lynn, and I saw it on Broadway. So Lynn Manuel and Leslie Odom Jr. had just left. So okay. it was it was it was at its kind of zenith in terms of like the craziness of that show. Yes, it had not that long into the White House. Right, and then that whole performance. So. But I, for some reason, was not really aware of it. <laughs> I wasn't really aware of it. My agent said, there's, there's a show you need to listen to called Hamilton. And I was like, well, I know that's hip-hop. And are you sure they're going to want me to do that? And he was like, just listen to it. So I put him off a couple of times, actually. And then he said, listen, this show is coming. And Cameron wants to bring it over. And you need to... You need to. So I said, um, 
okay, well, which part? And he said, okay, Aaron Burr. And I was like, well, who's Aaron Burr? Who's Aaron Burr? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't the show called Hamilton? <laughs> I was like, that's that's where, you know, my, my musical theatre brain was at. I was like, well, is it called Hamilton? Who's, who's Aaron Burr? Is that like... <laughs> Is that like the kind of parts that I have been playing in the past, kind of thing? Uh-huh. And then when I listened to it, I was like, oh, no, 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 no. This, this, this is this man is is in the way that Lynn draws him is everything that I'm interested in yeah. in terms of acting, performing, and storytelling. Um, yeah. Massive depth and richness to this character and complexity, mm. and um, and lots of the things that people say about Aaron Burr in the play people have kind of said about me. So I, I connect, connected to him really quickly. Um, and uh, yeah, I knew immediately that there's something that I had to respond to. Um, and actually it was a very, um, it was a very kind of mysterious connection. So I didn't try and investigate it too much. I just knew that there was something about this, mm-hmm. this journey that this character went on that I had to find out more about and so it um yeah but always be open and be prepared but I didn't know I didn't know too but again Lynn Lynn writes a piece so brilliantly that everything you need you get in the way that in his lyrics and right certainly about the characters and then you know everything you need to know about the kind of politics of what's going on in the in the country at the time and how they're all functioning you 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 get it's all kind of in the text. So um, I guess the main thing that I was drawn to in his writing is, again, these human beings. He's, yes. as a good writer, he's interested in, like, what is this human, what is, what is um, Angelica Schuyler? Like, what's her, what is that situation where she's in love and she can't be, and she also loves her sister? Like, like mm-hmm. that situation is an incredible situation. So, yeah, it is. And he has that with with so many of those characters that um, that's really emotional journey that and psychological journey that characters go on spiritual journey in a way is what what is what audiences really connect to um, you know the, the the politics of of what's going on with the Virginians versus the the New Yorkers is is, is one thing but actually that it it, it only it's only useful in so much as Mm-hmm. Alexander Hamilton has got something really passionate burning within him and then Thomas Jefferson has got something equally as passionate burning with him it's about what's going on within the two of those people so um, again a good, you know any good drama I mean good drama yeah. is, is, is interesting and so you wrote a book about this experience Hamilton and me yeah yeah how, how did that come about what inspired you to write this book and talk okay, to us well, a bit more. well, I I didn't set out to write a book. Okay, I keep a, I keep a work journal. Okay, I've always kept work journals. Right, you do as well, yeah, right? So you I know do, how useful it is to like have mm-hmm. your thoughts down at the end of each day to kind of work through and process stuff, which is difficult to make notes, of course, about what you're doing and where you're supposed to be and the moves and the, all of that the character notes that you get. But I find it really useful, especially with something like Hamilton, where it's going at a million miles an hour, the rehearsal process. Mm-hmm. And a lot to learn. There's a lot to retain. So for me, and it was it was a useful technical thing of just making sure at the end of every day, I can just, you know, note stuff down. 
one, so I can just remember everything, but also just it allows me to process. And Hamilton yes. was came with quite a lot of, um, um, you know, there was a lot of energy around it in terms mm -hmm. of hype and all of that. So you know, I was like, I need to, I need to have some kind of way of processing this because it's, it could be quite overwhelming at times. Right. Managing audiences' expectation and all of that. So I, I kept a work journal throughout my time auditioning and then when we were rehearsing and then performing throughout the whole year. And then that was it. That was it. Um, and I had an idea about a, a, a book which I, which I was thinking in the back of my head I might write about theatre in general for young actors, young theatre makers. And I did the only thing I thought when I was doing Hamilton was, oh, maybe there might be a chapter in the book about musical theatre or acting through song, which I might be able to use something from Hamilton from whenever I come around to writing this book. So I just sort of had that lodged in my mind, but that was it really. And then uh, I left the show at the beginning, the end of 2018, and then at the beginning of 2020, lockdown happened. Mm. And so in lockdown, like lots of us, I was like, Let, what idea of can I do now that I've been sort mm -hmm. of not so I was like, I'm going to do that book, that that book about acting for young actors. I'm going to do that. So I started making notes on that and structuring that. And then I was like, oh, let me use something from the Hamilton book. And I couldn't find my journal. So I dug it. It took me a while and I found it. And then, and I hadn't looked at it since I was in the show. Mm -hmm. And I started to read it. And I was like, this is really interesting because it because I wrote it all so quickly at the end of every day or when I was on the train going home or or to, you know, at lunchtime, I dropped notes down and stuff, and it was written very, very quickly. And it kind of reminded me of what it was like being back in that experience. Right. Um, so I was like, I think this is this is kind of interesting. So I showed it to my um, literary agent, and she said, "Okay." She said, "This is really good. Forget the other book. This is the book." <laughs> this is it. <laughs> She's like, "This everything you're talking about about trying to communicate and and have." and have things that you can pass on to young actors of stuff you've learned is in this Hamilton journal. And it's you practically doing it. It's your experience of going through that that process. So she said, well, what? And I was like, well, yeah, but if, if you, will anyone else understand it? Um, it makes sense to me. Uh, I said it to a couple of other of our cast members and they, they really, you know, they really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. um, so I was like, so I showed it to a couple of friends who weren't in the profession. Okay. And they said, no, 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 we, we get this. We, we get what it, you're talking about. It makes sense. And it's, 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 it's good. So that was a couple of weeks. I was like, mm, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And my agent was really strong on it. She said, you know, you have, this is, this is there's something really interesting you could use with mm -hmm. this book. So I said, let me show it to Lynn. And if Lynn gives it the thumbs up and, and thinks it's a good idea, then we'll do it. And I sent it to him. Um, and he, I'll never forget. He, he, I emailed, I, I, I said, I'm right. I want to maybe, I've kept this journal. I emailed him and said, I've got this journal and we're thinking about maybe trying to do it as, you know, publish it and stuff. And what do you think? So he said, okay, well, send it to me. So I sent it to him, emailed it to him back. And like two and a half hours later, he emailed back and he was he said um he said okay i've just read it i finished reading it um i'm i'm crying as i write this email i finished reading it and thank you very much for um 
documenting that experience and and and, and um, uh, sort of um, preserving that experience. So after that, I thought, okay, well, this is this is something that this is good, something we should do. So after that, then my agent went away and, and, and tried to get a, a, a book deal, and that happened pretty quickly, a publishing deal. And then we just started trying to, um, I had to, you know, do a little introduction to it and structure it a little bit. Um, and and that was it. And then and we spent a few months doing that. And I showed it to some other people, and they said, this is, this is a really interesting bit of that Hamilton experience which we haven't really seen before so um, so it basically you know is my experience of going through um, the Hamilton experience but primarily I suppose it's about me tackling a role and being involved in in, in a production and trying to navigate my way through that Um, and the response so we, we, we published it in 2021 in okay. the UK over here and kind of elsewhere in the world as well and um, and the response to it was, was really has been really great um, I get even up until today I get students um, or young theatre artists you know writing to me and messaging me and saying I've just finished the book it, it reads really quickly as well mm-hmm. everyone always says oh, I finished it in a weekend or I finished it in right, you know because right. I'm like I, I, I quite like that because I, I'm a terrible reader. I'm dyslexic and I'm a, such a bad reader. <laughs> so I wanted it all, you know, I was like, it, the, the book, the initial book that I was thinking about writing, I was like, I want it to be very easy, accessible, uh-huh. very easy for young students to write, you know, when you're carrying it in your bag on your way to classes and stuff, something that's very easily digestible. So I'm glad that the journal also kind of worked out that way. It's not something which is very... Um, you know, convoluted. It's mm-hmm. um, it's a day-to-day experience of what it's like to try and audition for a role, to try and then um, rehearse right. uh, and trying to stay focused with all the kind of pressures that are going on around you, um, and then making that transition into the theatre, and then then comes this huge wave of energy from the audience. Right. And you know, you'd come out of the theatre and. Um, uh, People would say, you know, I've been, I've been, I've had this ticket for a year, or wow. I've been cast recording for two and a half years, or whatever it was, and yeah, um, and I know every song and I know yes. every lyric, and there's a lot of, that's a lot to kind of balance and carry. Right. So it 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 sort of charts all of that really. But I think the main the main thing I would say is that it, the lesson that I took from that, I guess you're always trying to look for. The lessons that you learn from things mm-hmm. and the lesson I took from that was that all of the things that I've just said are the challenges of what the experience was on one level I'm sure it was the same in the that original brilliant American company where the company was that was a life-changing thing in itself just to mm-hmm. be surrounded by people who are you know who are like you who look like you yes you don't have to explain things to who you kind of have a shorthand with you can just mm-hmm. have fun um that was what that was one of the many positive things but the challenges were really interesting because there was there were a number of points along the way where i was like i did that wow we did it i remember the first time we sang the show through for the all the way through we spent two weeks learning it and then all the creative team we sat down 
and we sang the whole show through. And I never forget the feeling of going, wow, we did that. Two weeks ago, I was like, my head was spinning going, how am I going to learn this harmony? You know, mm-hmm. how am I going to get these counts? How am I going to remember all these lyrics? And yet there we were, we did the whole show. And along the way, there were lots, you know, the first time we ran the set first half of the play, because we learned the songs and the score for two weeks, then we started to move. So then the, that the first time that we performed the first half in its entirety was again another kind of mountain victory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then the first time we ran the whole show, um, you know, our final dress rehearsal, it's like, wow, we made that. Then, the, then we go into the theater, you have the sits probe, you're singing all the way through with the band, then you have the first performance. Wow, you've got all that energy, you know, 1,500 people. So along the way, there are these kind of mountains that you kind of reach the top of. And so I think, I always think, okay, now moving forward, and I say this to, 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 I said this to our company as well, now moving forward, if we've done that, if we've got through Hamilton and we've climbed to the top of that mm-hmm. and we managed to do it, then in whatever else we do, we know that, that we have it within us to kind of achieve and right. overcome more than we thought we had. There were so many times where you're like, I'm never going to be able to get this. Right. You know, I'm not a dancer. And I'm like, I love dancing and I always wanted to be a great dancer, but I'm not a trained <laughs> dancer. And there's some amazing, sick dancers in that show and the choreography is so incredible. So I'm like, I, lo- I loved being in that space, but I'm like, I- I'm not a dancer. And and yet there you were, we did yeah. that run through and I did it. Um, I did what I needed to do. I didn't kill anyone. I didn't disgrace <laughs> myself. I didn't fall off the stage. <laughs> so it was, it, you know, there were, it, I was like, okay, what's, what is my, if I've, if I've got through Hamilton and, and, put, and and because the thing is you don't it's a thing of not giving up mm-hmm. it's like any show is difficult isn't it every any yeah. show is hard and and just the, the the challenge of like you know singing in front of people or going into an audition and having to sing the song and it's that's scary it's tough and but you keep you 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 remember you remember that uh, you know 10 year old who was the scarecrow in the wizard of oz and who was doing it just because he loved doing it, just because right. he liked playing around and pretending to be other people and doing silly voices and singing. He wasn't worried about what the critics thought, exactly. or he wasn't worried about what the what awards mm-hmm. were going to be there or what the teachers were going to think. You're just having right. fun. Right. So I'm like, remember that, remember that, that, and keep going, because mm-hmm. all the all the pressures and the stuff of of of, of our work is just that, it's just a pressure. But the thing itself at its center is your love of telling stories, your love of transporting an audience to another world for a few moments. Mm-hmm. And that can't really be, you know, you've got that for free. You had that when you were a kid. So right. that's not, I can't go anywhere. Um, the technical stuff is just the technical stuff. but And that's just discipline as we, you know, as we said at the start. But um, so Hamilton for me was a really good exercise. And now keep going. Like, I remember there was one morning where we had to we'd rehearse on Saturday because y'all, y'all Americans like to rehearse on the Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> and we don't really do that till maybe like the last few weeks. Maybe because I think you have shorter rehearsal periods and stuff, so maybe you yeah. you, you use all the time. Whereas we uh-huh. all maybe the last two weeks from not rehearse on a Saturday. And one Saturday morning I was walking in and uh, it was like, I, don't, I, I, mean, I'm, I, I kind of, I don't know if I've told anyone this, but 
you know when you're at when you're at school and you've got a test or you or you've got a subject you don't mm-hmm. like or mm-hmm. even if there's someone bullying you or giving you shit or whatever that thing of like crawling to school yes yes <laughs> unwillingly uh-huh. yeah exactly Shakespeare says that in that in that in that um in that soliloquy um of like crawling to school well I was that because I was I was like trying to put off being at work in this rehearsal space because I maybe we doing a run through or something but I was sort of dreading being able to get there but you go come on come on come on come on it's mm-hmm, fine mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fine to be apprehensive and it's fine to be anxious right right um, that's, that's okay that's part of it it's a big thing that we're doing but um and also you know if you're playing a character which is as as rich um as Aaron Burr is it requires qu- quite a lot of exposure to, to you know he's got massive frailties and faults mm-hmm. and so that requires you have to be really honest with that emotionally yeah so I was like you know it's okay to be nervous it's okay to be anxious um I've been performing quite a long time at that point but you know it's okay it's, it's, it's natural to be right to feel like that just let it be there keep going get on with it and at some point in the future it'll just be a great memory it'll just be another right. day it was part of a beautiful experience the feeling won't be there mm-hmm. uh, so I think you know if that if I can in if I can include some of that in this Hamilton book that allows other artists to 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 apply it to their version of that Hamilton experience then I think that's job done is that you can go whatever it is whatever your version of Hamilton is um, you can you can do it keep going right. and it's worth it. Your your what you are going to able be able to achieve and be able to share with others as a result of keeping going is worth mm-hmm. it. Um, so for me, that was it. That it was it was that which I tried to. That was I guess what I was worried about not being um, available to a reader if you weren't right. in that experience. So when I was talking to people about it and showing it to them, they would say, "No, no, no, no. This that that's very available in the book." It's like. <laughs> You work hard, you will push through, you keep going. Right. And, um, you know, you, you keep going and you keep going. And uh, so hopefully if, if people could, people can get that from the book, then I'll be very, very happy. Because I, just, I think, you know, we, 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 I was very keenly aware that with Hamilton, yes, by the time I finished, you've had this experience which has changed your life. I've met people on that show who mm-hmm. I still speak today. We still have our WhatsApp group. We still, we still speak and communicate. Um, and support each other, and that's great. But what are we going to do with this Hamilton experience? Like, what are we going to do with this platform that you have? Right, now? right, yeah. The potential that this thing has to connect with people. Right. And I, I, I'm always aware that it's like you need to, you need to, you need to do something positive with that. Um, so again, if if if, if the, the book seems to be doing that, then. I, I've been given a lot from Hamilton. Is basically what yeah. I'm saying. A lot from that experience, and it's nice to be able to share some of that with other people. You know, when you go and see the show, I don't know about you, but when you go and see the show, when I saw it in New York, I've been pract- I've been like preparing for the audition because I wasn't going to be in London when they auditioned in the okay. autumn. They were auditioning in the autumn, 
and I wasn't going to be in London because I was on this world tour with the, the globe, Shakespeare's globe. So we happened to be in, in New, playing in New York, and I, my agent said, okay, you're going to meet the, the Hamilton people in New York. And this is oh. like in the summer. It was, it okay. was like in end of June. So it was way before they were auditioning. So I went and met them. Um, and when I saw the show, they, they sent me to see the show the day before I auditioned. And I'd been practicing, practicing these songs that they'd given, uh -huh. they'd given me. But when I saw that show, people have said this to me, like when I saw that show, I was completely flawed because yes. I'd, been, I'd been living with it for two weeks. I'd been listening to it over and over and over again, trying to learn these songs. But when I saw it, I was like, what is this? What am I even, what am I even witnessing? This show is so perfect in its, um, in its, in its sort of delivery Yes. Because when you listen to the music, you don't, when you listen to that cast recording, you don't get what the people are doing on stage. There's 30 people right. on stage flinging themselves around at yes. all times. Yes. Singing, singing all the notes, all yes. the songs. Yes. Um, and everyone is involved in the storytelling all the way through it. So I was like, this thing is so, but the chief thing I took away was this thing is such a perfectly formed show, piece of work. Somehow, that's what really moved me. I was like, mm -hmm. Lynn, has, Lynn has come up, like, as an artist, the thing I know is that, like, artists, we're always, like, um, you know, so um, we're our hard artist critics and we're right. unsatisfied with what we've done and all of that. Yes, and you look yes, at thing, yes. well, I could have done that differently. Why didn't I do that? I could Right. And I was like, wow, for once, an artist has created something which is perfect. Like, what, what would you change about Hamilton? I left and was like, there's nothing that you would change about that. Mm -hmm. Everything about that show, from the stories, the score, the music, the choreography, costumes, the staging, just works. But then when I got to know Lynn and Tommy and Alex Lackamore and Andy Blackabula and the creatives that put that show together, Lynn specifically, and talking to him, I saw that, no, 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 this show took work. He, he went through multiple versions of this song, of this lyric. He changed this round. You have to, you know, it was it was like any other piece of art where you try and you chip away at it and you try different right. things, change things and move things and, and certain things don't work and then they don't work for a long time and then finally something is unlocks what that moment should be. Mm -hmm. All of that stuff I found really useful when I was then working on the show. So for me, it was always really interesting in the book to allow people to see, actually, yes, Hamilton is this extraordinary piece of work, but it took work to get there. Right. And it took, you know, a lot of difficult times and tough times in writing it. And, uh, and I think that's useful for young artists as well. When I, when I talk to them, I'm like, your version of Hamilton, Lynn told the world he was going to do a show about Alexander Hamilton and it was going to be hip hop and everyone laughed. Right. that amazing that clip at the White House where he's performing it for the first right. time. And you cut to the Obamas, the president and the first lady, and they like they chuckle when he says, I'm going to do this thing. Right. Up to, to six years later or whatever. And it, it is literally changing the way we think about theatre. Theatre, yeah. So Absolutely. I say to young artists, like, yeah, Hamilton is, 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 uh, is this amazing, extraordinary piece of work, but it's no different in its essence to your story that you want to tell. Right. You just have to do what Lynn did and kind of stick to your guns 
and roll your sleeves up and keep going and apply yourself and keep, you know, be true to yourself and your ideas. And you can, you've got your version of that as well. So again, with the book, I'm like, if I can, if I can assist and, and contribute in a positive way to that kind of um, right. discourse with, with artists, then I'm very, very, very happy. And so far, that's what seems to be happening, you know, the response from it. So where can we get the book? <laughs> like, it just came out yesterday or the day before in, 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 in North America and Canada. Right, yeah. So you can get it anywhere. Um, it's published by TCG, who do all the most amazing okay. things. Amazon, books. anything else, yeah. You can get so you can get it everywhere. Um, awesome. You can pick it up anywhere, and uh, we, if you're in New York, we've got some signed copies that Lynn, Lynn and me are signed in in, in the uh, drama bookshop. All right. And um, so we're going to be doing a couple of things um, to sort of assist that, but people can pick it up anywhere. Um, right. If you're elsewhere in the world, because I know you have listeners all over the world. Yeah, Google. You can, you can Google it. It's, Nick, it's at Nick Hearn Books. It's on most of my socials and stuff, and you can, yeah, you can, you can pick it up. So, are and you I coming would... to New York to promote it, or? Yes, I was there oh. a couple of weeks ago, and I've got a, a play which I'm just about to, to, to do um, uh, a little short run here in, in London in April, and then after that, I'm going to be back in New York to awesome. do some, some stuff. Yeah. Hopefully, rope rope. Rope linen, and we'll do some we'll do some stuff to sort of promote it. But I think May or June, I'll, I'll try and do that. Great. So before we wrap, we always ask our guests one question, and mm-hmm. it is what one piece of advice you would like to share with the future Black leaders of Broadway? That's a really good question. Um, and don't say buy the book. <laughs> <laughs> we will buy the book, but also if y'all, tell. if y'all haven't bought that book already, <laughs> then I'm gonna be pissed. Listen, in, in 2020, there was um, George Floyd was murdered, mm-hmm. and after that, there was a letter that the African American theater community got together mm-hmm. and sent to New York theater the producers and the theater makers and the the, 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 the theater establishment. And when I read that letter, which basically said, listed all of the things which the community, African-American theater community, has had to endure and put up with mm-hmm. over the years, it listed many things, and lots of what, of what we talked about earlier in terms of characters that we are allowed to play and how our talent is used and what we get back from the use of that talent. But this letter was extraordinary because it listed a lot of these things. And then the second half of it was to say, we will not accept this anymore. And this is what we will accept. This right. is how we'll be treated. This is, these, these are the way that, this is the way that our talent is going to be used and shared and respected. And I was so inspired by that. Mm-hmm. And I immediately got on to everyone and was like, here, and was like, have you seen that letter that the African-American community has written? That's mm-hmm. what we need to do. Mm-hmm. Because they got their shit together immediately. And immediately that happened. And I said, look, they might not get all of these things right. that they put on that letter, but they are going to get a lot of them. And also, they have, um, they've, it's, down, it's down in paper. It's mm-hmm. down there in writing. So, you, right. so for a year from now, five years from now, you're going to look back and say, look, you agreed to this. 
you signed up to this, so therefore now where is the change? So right. I, I'm inspired by the the, the, the um, leaders in black musical theatre, and I would I would say just to, to, to keep going because we're we're learning from you. Um, I think you have a sense of that in the country anyway, mm-hmm. with the civil rights movement of just yeah. action, get it together, and then you go to Congress and you 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 say this is what's happening, or there's going to be a boycott, or there's going to be a mark, there's some action is going to be taken. Right, um, right. And here it's different because our community is a lot younger here. The majority of our big community came over in, in what we call the Windrush generation, which is like the mid 40s to the mid 50s or, or through through the 60s. Mm-hmm. So we have this kind of younger, younger uh, presence here. So we're learning. So so I, I would uh, I would encourage our leaders to go keep being uncompromising and keep keep um, being as strong and proactive as you are, because everyone benefits. Here we are now in 2023 because of Hamilton, every single aspect of, of um, my um, uh, uh, opportunities as an actor has changed. Yes, that's partly to do with the creatives who came up with that mm-hmm. show, one of whom was African-American, Paul Taswell, brilliant costume designer, the best. But certainly the work also that the company did, that original company did to say, yeah. listen, this is what we expect. Anyway, and the, their brilliance, their genius, um, now, everyone, you don't have Bridgerton without Hamilton, as far as I'm concerned. One of the biggest shows here in London is, was, in the last couple of years was Six. You don't have that without Hamilton. Another amazing show, which I think is coming over to New York, is Anne Juliet. You don't have that without Hamilton. So right. the work that um, Leslie Odom Jr. and Lynn and Renee and Philippa did um, and David, the work that that entire company did has such massive reverberations and benefits for so many people across the world. So I would right. say, you know, keep doing what you're doing, um, and because um, it's 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 inspiring and it's uh, it's it's doing such good things. It's a difficult period, isn't it, that we're in? I don't know what you think, but this is a really tricky it period is. that we're in because it it's a moment of change, and that's always tricky. You've got to kind of yes. do, you've got to make a big noise. You've got to do things where people aren't comfortable, and there's mm-hmm. you know fears, and there's mm-hmm. you know it's it's not it's not an easy time to be in, a space to be in, but right. it's it's but neither is um, marching in Montgomery, neither is, right. is is refusing to 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 go and sit at the back of the bus. So all of that all of that stuff requires when you're at the forefront to kind of of change, to kind of right. be in position and um so i would i'm in a way that's what i would i would suggest to the future leaders but i would also say and i actually to answer your question i, I would say <laughs> as you, the word is future you've and i've, I've caught up with you there the it's word okay. is future that you said is to remember what happened in this moment yeah I, I, I always say to our young people like find out who the people were who came before you uh-huh. because in a, I don't know what quite what it's like in America, but here, every up until 2020 and this big moment of change, there was always a moment that where something flared up, mm-hmm. some casting thing or some production, and we all make a, made a big noise, and yes. then you know someone wrote about it in the papers, and there was a conversation being had, 
and then there were promises made about change and then nothing changed. Yes, and then 10 yes, years later, yes. the same conversation happens again. And then 10 mm-hmm. years later, nothing changes. Mm-hmm. And, I, and in those moments, I'm like, so every time it, the conversation comes up, don't think you're the first one to start that conversation. Because right. the ones who came before us had that conversation and they fought, you know, and before right. them. So I would say to our future leaders, look back and make sure you know what progress was made when. Mm-hmm. And 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 on on know on on the shoulder on whose shoulders you stand, and, yes, and and use that to inform and infuse your moment of progress. Um, and so I would say thank you to to, to our current African American leaders and to the future African American leaders. I'd say, you know, know 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 your history and know what has been achieved in the past and build on that. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for oh, spending you. this time with me. And I look thank forward you. to seeing you when you get here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get please. a book and I want you to sign it. <laughs> please, definitely. Please, definitely. Because all of this kind of stuff that we do online now, in one way, it's great because mm-hmm. you're on the other side of the Atlantic. I'm here. But I also like sort of in person stuff. It's always nice to kind of just, you know, connect. Absolutely. Together, so thank you. I want to thank our guests and you, our listeners. You could have been doing anything else, but you chose to spend your time with me, and I am grateful. Be sure to subscribe at bpn.fm slash bbb so you'll never miss an episode. While you're at it, tell a friend. I'm your host, Janine Scott, and we at the Broadway League hope you enjoyed this episode of the Black Business of Broadway. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network.